Um, who put this here? <laughs> What's this? I want to talk to you today about um, being patient with God. And I'm going to be speaking from Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, if you could turn in your Bibles. And it's a, it's a scripture concerning, more than anything, patience in God. Uh, you can attest to the fact that sometimes it's hard to wait on God. But let me tell you, don't mess with God's plan because it's kind of hard for God to work with your hands in the way. Somebody say amen. amen. And by the end of this morning, I want you to understand how to let go and let God and just believe in the fact that he is and he will take care of you. Y'all were weak on that one. That he will take care of you. Somebody shout glory. Before I go any further, um, I do want to say this weekend was phenomenal for those of you who made it out. If you did not make it out to one of the services, you, last night was so power-packed with Pastor Chris Edwards. I would dare say it was probably my favorite service of the year so far. And uh, if you don't have that, you need to hear that preach, and that man is off the hook. And Friday was, was, was very, very powerful with Elder Rob Simmons. And if you ain't get those CDs, get them. If you got them, get them again and give them to somebody else. Amen? We are here to spread the word. Somebody say spread the word. Come on, grab the hand of the person closest to you as we go into prayer. And we pray, dear Heavenly Father, this morning, God, that you would have your way in this place. That you would have your way in this house, in our hearts, and in our minds. Say, somebody say, my heart. My mind. And Father God, that you would take control, that I may decrease, you may increase through me, Father God. And that your word may be spoken this morning. Somebody say, Amen. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, it says in the King James Version, Wherefore, seeing we also are encompassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him entered or endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. I'm going to read this also in the Amplified Version. It says, Therefore, then, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses who have borne testimony to the truth, let us strip off and throw aside every encumbrance and every weight and sin that so readily and cleverly clings to and entangles you and lets you run with patience and endurance and steady and active persistence the appointed course of the race that is set before you. Anybody seen that movie, Rat Race? My favorite part of that movie is that dumb guy, it's a race! And he runs around saying, it's a race, oh my God, it's a race! And he's throughout the whole movie, it's a race! And he's so excited. Tell the person next to you, I'm racing! You are racing. See, this scripture here messed up my mind. I think I told you, this, this is one of those scriptures that just kind of, it's what you call a paradox. A paradox is something that at first glance, it seems to be just completely ludicrous. But upon further review, you see that it has a very valid point within it. So a paradox means that although at first glance it doesn't make sense, kind of like your life, that when you look further into it and you let God work in it, that it'll make a lot of sense in your life. Somebody say, run with patience. Where's my test subject today? Give it up for your drummer, Ruben Burgos. Come on. You could do better for my brother. Come on. You could just stand right there in the front. 
Oh, you had a bottle of water? I had nice enough to have them deliver one for you with a towel. So you can wipe your sweat because you will be sweating. <clears throat> Got the sleeves. Woo! Remember that time when I was about eight years old? And you threw me on the gate that was all messed up and I ripped my back up? Y'all remember that? I got you today. <laughs> payback is a whoo! <laughs> you better believe it. Somebody just say payback. I'm just playing. I'm just kidding. Run with patience, but we like to focus on that run with patience. You got to bring my game down, Manny. We like to talk about that patience aspect of this. But it says something before that. It says, let us lay aside every weight and sin which so easily beset to the Amplified Version says it ensnares you and it entangles you. And a snare is something that just gets you so you cannot move or you cannot operate in the fashion in which God created you to operate. It describes it as an encumbrance, something that is huge and dragging in your life. I dare say to you that you got some things that are pretty big in your life that you need to let go of. Some little hurts and pains and some little stress and depression that you cannot be able to exercise with all this extra weight on you. You see, a, a professional athlete, they, they train with weights on their ankles and on their wrists. And what they do is they, they know that even just two to five pounds on their wrist and five pounds or ten pounds on each leg will make a huge difference when they're running without the weight. Because then they can understand how fast they can really go. You've been running with some weights. Tell your neighbor, you got some weights. You've been running with some things in your life that you cannot do. Some things that you cannot afford to have in your life. Things that will, will completely mess up your walk with Christ if you continue, somebody say continue, to let them hamper your life. Somebody say, I want to run with patience. You got to let aside Every weight. I got a necklace for you, brother. Jesus. The devil is a liar. Could you just put this on? Oh. God bless you. See, this is how some of you are with your sin in your life, you know? Oh, do me a favor. Could you just run around the church real quick? You know? And that sin is bouncing all over. He's got to hold it now. He can't, he can't, he, he's trying to, he tried doing it now, but he had grabbed that weight because he could not, he, it's, he's going to keep on messing with you and it's hampering him. And, and, and after a while, at first, it's not that heavy. At first, the little sins in your life, whether it's, the, whether it's from the smallest to the greatest, it's not that big or that hard in your life. But then, man, these things seem to, could you hold this for me just, yeah. Things seem to happen. And it's not, it, it never happens in the same fashion. Could you hold this in your other hand for me? It, it never happens. Could you run around again for me real quick? And it never happens the way you expect it to happen. But you're, you got one huge thing in your left hand, one small thing in your right hand before you know it. Keep on going. Just keep on going. Come on. Before you know it, before you know it, you're going to be weighed down. You're going to be hampered and you're not going to be able to keep this pace up. You're going to keep this pace up for us? How long? He says, how long? Somebody say, payback. payback. 
You got to understand that this is how you are sometimes. He looks pretty dumb running around with all these weights in his hands. Sometimes you look pretty dumb carrying the same sins in your life. Tell the person, you just might look dumb. Tell somebody next to you. You just might look like a fool. If somebody walked in this church right now, they'd be like, what is going on in this place? Uh, why is this guy running around the place with these weights and bouncing around his neck and in his hands and in his arms? And, and somebody might say to you, why are you still dealing with those same sins? Take me out the stage, Manny. You're killing me. Tell your neighbor, set that weight aside. You can stop. Want to grab up some water? You know, Puerto Ricans have this thing we call machissimo. <laughs> I don't need no water. I'm all right. I don't need nothing. I'm going to be fine. You can, you can grab some water if you want. I'm not going to do that to you. Sometimes you've got to understand that you have got to lay aside some sins in your life. The Bible says the sins that so easily beset you, the sins that just are so easy to fall into, that person or that thing that is so easy, that word that just keeps popping out of your mouth and you can't stop it, or that way of thinking that you can't seem to, to shake sometimes. Tell somebody next, you got to shake yourself. You've got to understand that everything that you have a history of messing up with is what you call a sin that besets you. You can't run away a race with these weights on your life. Weights like bitterness and weights like anger. Weight, uh, weights like grudges against your family or, or just feeling some type of way or having a, a angry against the world because you think somebody owes you something. Weights like your drug addictions and weights like your drinking habits and, and all these different weights in your life that you really want to let go of, just don't know how to. It's so easy. All you got to do is let it go. You're hearing me today. If you would just give it to God and let God operate through your life, you have to understand that this, you are weighed down in your mental co complex and your human psyche is being attacked on a daily basis because of these weights you have on you and your body. Rather, your spirit is telling you to let this go and you can't take it no more. That's called conviction because you're tired of the way you're living your life. I was telling my praise and worship team just this morning that sometimes your weight, so what are you doing? Oh, sometimes you got to shift your weights around because you can't uh, hold them in this thing. They get too heavy for the other arm, you know what I'm saying? I'm just kidding. But uh, you got to understand that sometimes because as humans, we, we put levels of sin. I mentioned this a few weeks ago. As humans, we put levels of sin. And to us, a rapist is so much worse than a pothead. I mean, a rapist and a pothead, two different things, pastor. One person is definitely worse than the other. And then you have a prostitute versus somebody who just lies. And you say, oh, but they're just a liar. She's selling her body or he's selling his body. And, and they're doing all types of horrible, debaucherous things, pastor. But in reality, sin is sin in God's eyes. You've got to understand that uh, it's not just a mallet in your life that's crashing onto your foundation, but it's like a sledgehammer or a jackhammer pounding on the foundation of your life. Each one is designed to do the same thing, to bang something, to crack something. And what happens is that you get weighed down in your life. You have to get to the point where you want to see God in your life. Weighed down in every which possible way. See, there's weights of all types and sizes in your life. Weights like addictions and weights like, can we be real, uh, sexual addictions in your life. 
uh, weights like having a perverse mind, not being able to even operate throughout a day without having some lewd thought running through your mind. People addicted to pornography and all types of things, weights on your life, things that you never thought were weights. You're realizing now, I've got a weight, even just the way you think or look at people, you have a weight in your life, but you have got to run this race. You can put that down for now. We have this beautiful backpack for you. Who, whose backpack is this? Is this Hector's? Somebody's backpack. I hope I don't break it with this weights. And sometimes we rearrange the way the weights are in our life and we think we got rid of it. And sometimes we've got to understand that just because now I can't see him from the front side don't mean they ain't on your backside. Uh, just because all I see is the straps don't mean that he ain't weighed down in some form or fashion. And that just because you push some things to the back burner of your mind or you push some things so that pastor can't see it no more or that somebody can go to your house and not smell it no more or we can't taste it on your, check it on your breath no more. Or that we ain't see you bite in the store because you went to a store out of town. Because you kept on seeing sister so-and-so at the grocery store. You didn't want them to see you buying that six-pack. You get what I'm saying? And just because you changed it, just because you don't cuss people out in front of the pastor, don't mean you ain't cussing people out. I called somebody one day from somebody else's phone. Good God, I should have never done it. What the beep, 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 beep do you want? Oh, my goodness. Hey, it's Pastor. <gasps> hey, Pastor. I thought you were somebody else. Apparently. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? You following me? So just because you changed the way you talk in church, don't mean you, ch- hi, Carla. Don't mean you changed your life. <laughs> Doesn't mean that you're changing the things that you're doing and you're living in your life. Just because you stop putting those things outside of your mind doesn't mean they're not still in your heart. Because the Bible says what comes out of the mouth is from the overflow of the heart. So when you decide to cuss or decide to do some type of sinful thing, it's overflowing in your body. Amen. You have a choice. I'm going to give you a choice. You could put this one in the bag. Oh, he's already done, yeah. Or you can just keep it on your neck. That's one of the two. You're going to put it, he said, I'm going to put it in the bag. Can we have some fun? You see, when you come to Christ, somebody shout Christ. It starts off, somebody say slow. When you're done with that bag, my dearest brother, you can come to the altar of the Lord, where he's going to bless you. Somebody say, God's going to bless you. Somebody say, man of God. God's going to bless you. Man, oh man. And sometimes, life, woo, life is kind of like a treadmill. And sometimes, oh, 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 you got to walk now. When you come with Christ, Or he's speeding it up himself. But notice something. That if we stopped it, and that when I first started it, 
that what happened with him was that he almost, he went like, that's how when you come to Christ, like, oh my God, I got to stop and do some things and change and get my equilibrium set. And I've got to set my life up right because if I don't, I'm going to go nowhere fast, kind of like this guy. And you go to a couple services, he turned the fan on in case you didn't notice, he wants the fan. I'm a good brother. See this? My brother. And what you got to understand is that as you go to a couple church services, things begin to just speed up a little bit. And you're, you're feeling kind of strong in your spirit. Lori says and waves from the back. She goes, I'm sorry. I didn't know pastor was going to do this to you. And as your Christian walk progresses, at about week three in your life, you realize, oh my God, the pastor's preaching about things that I'm doing regularly, and he's talking about them in a negative fashion. So I just might have to let some things go in my life. You mean I got to stop smoking some blunts? Yes. You mean I got to stop going to the club and shaking it and dropping it like it was hot? Yes. Do you mean I can't shake it like I want to break it? Yes. You've got to understand that, yes, that um, I, I said this a couple years ago, a year and a half ago, that, that bars or restaurants that have dance floors are called clubs, in case you did not know. So you said, uh, Pastor, I just went to Harborside to get some, you went to a club. Leave it alone. You've got to understand that you need to avoid every appearance of evil. So in order to, are you hanging on now? I wasn't there yet. I wasn't there yet. Get to the part where you got to hang on. And then, and then at what about week four of your Christian walk with Christ? Um, what happens is that it's kind of like an uphill battle. In case you don't notice, we have the incline going up. And uh, what happens is that you begin to experience a, a weight in your spirit. And for some of y'all who operate slow in your spirit, it's like week 54 that you finally realize that you've been coming to church for so long and got to let some things go. But uh, what happens is that when you really give your life to Christ, you're going to face some uphill battles. Y'all not talking to me. Uh, whoever told you it was going to be all right, they lied. That song, I got a feeling everything's going to be all right, be all right, be all right. Remember that song? Old school. I want to add a verse to it at the end. Win! That's the whole verse. Win, fool! I'm so tired of these feel-good songs. Next church I go to that sings that, because they still sing that. They don't care if it's an American church, Spanish church, black church. They all sing that song. I'm going to bust out verse 3. Win! Just, they got to come with me on that. We'll harmonize it and everything. And, and um, how you doing? You all right, right? Win! Win. <laughs> and, um... And so what happens is that sometimes when it gets to be too much, when, uh, when you realize how much you're going to have to let go of, the price you're paying, because there is a price to pay. Salvation is not free. You've got to understand that. That's the, one of the biggest lies in the church. Yes, you can receive it freely, but once you got it, you've got to invest into it. You've got to be able to give it something to grow it, to nurture it. And what happens is too many times we just throw the brakes on and be like, oh, um, this is not going to work for me. I slowly just slowed down and I'm not going to go to church this Sunday. Because last week, pastor talked about something that really hurt me. That's Christian language for 
I was convicted. And I knew what I was doing was wrong, but, uh, but because pastor, and I felt that he was talking about me, so I'm going to not go to church for three weeks. Because he asked me and told me, he corrected me personally, and I didn't like that. Or he had one in leadership, and I didn't like that because um, I know I'm with the Lord. I am with the Lord. And we come back, you know, after like three weeks of being a backsliding Christian, you know, I miss my church. Man, I love my pastor for two weeks. <laughs> you know, I miss that song they sang, that Evelyn sang, my heart, my mind. My soul belongs to y'all like that song. And, just, and they begin to think, and they come back. I'm back. Pastor, I'm coming back. Oh, I'm not letting the devil stop me now. I've got these weights in my life, but I don't, I'm not going to let the devil stop me. And we go, oh, man, I'm going to keep this pace for forever. Oh, I don't realize that I got 50 pounds of weights on my back, and it's going to hurt me. But you know what? I'm going to act like I can run this race. I'm going to win it. Somebody say, I'm going to win it. And before you know it, bam, you've got to stop because those weights are keeping you down. You got tired again. This is what you call the summer days. When summer comes, everybody leaves church. When the warm weather comes in, we can't cape off our backs if I can keep it real. And some of us can't keep out the clubs and we're just getting all types of hot and bothered, sleeping around, acting like fools, don't know why you got no common sense. And the truth of the matter is this, is that, is that if we treated God the same way he treated us, we wouldn't be leaving church every few weeks. You all right? You take another sip a You ever had a sip a Yeah, it's because you sip a lot. You say, can I get a sip a of your, of your, and you just drink everything? I'm just saying. That's old school for some of you. That's a free one. And you're sitting there and you're saying, oh, man, that was too hard. I'll go back to Christ when I'm ready. Ever heard that line? When I'm ready, I'll come back. When I'm ready, I'll come back. You know when ready comes? Ready comes when you're broke, busted, and disgusted. Ready comes when you when you got no money in your account. When you're facing life or death situations. Then, then, I believe in God. Am I talking right? And you got that fan going still. You ain't even doing nothing. Man. And then we come, we come to church. Say, Lord, I need you. Just can you say that for me? Say, Lord, I need you. Lord, I need you. I want you to, I want you to scream, Jesus. Jesus! <laughs> That's the insider. And then, <laughs> woo! And then we get that pace back. Somebody shout, I'm ready! And we're still smoking, we're still drinking, we're still sleeping with our boyfriends and our girlfriends, we're still cussing people out, but we're running the race for Jesus. We're cussing folk out on Wednesday, coming to church on Friday, clubbing on Saturday with a headache in the morning, but we're coming to church on Sunday. And we're running that race, and before we know it, the pace hits a feverish pitch. I'm not going to go too fast. You back all right? I want to hurt my brother, you know. He's going to kill me after this. You already ran a mile. Praise God. You've got to understand that you cannot run with weights in your life. Are you getting my point today? This is what some of you would call my PowerPoint, right? I got this is my PowerPoint. And you've got to understand that you ain't going to be able to keep this pace up very long. But when you have a true walk with Christ, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How are you doing? Jesus. <laughs> yes. Sometimes you got to hang on for dear life. Try the person next to you. Hang on. Hang on. 
is on the way. You got to run with patience. You see, as Christians, you want to just, whoop, I'm going to preach. You've been saved for a week, but you want to preach. You want to go tell everybody about Jesus. They don't understand the revelation you got of God yet. And they just got high with you last week. And then you're still smoking a blunt. You should come to church. It was real good, Pastor's crazy. What time? 11 a.m. Am I lying? Everybody, I think almost everybody witnessed while they were high. I know I did. I'm just saying. I know I shouldn't be doing this. I love God so much. Nobody can stand an emotional drunk. Everybody has somebody in their family. When they get drunk, they get emotional. They can be the biggest, baddest person in their family. I know somebody. We got one of my cousins. He, you get him a couple of drinks, and he's like, I miss Abraham Lincoln. Everybody got an emotional drunk in your family. And you, you get drunk, and you're like, I don't know why I did that. Oh, I love God so much, and I messed up so bad. <sighs> Wake up the next morning hugging the porcelain throne. You ain't catch that, you know, you just the toilet. <laughs> yeah, just God I'll never do it again except tonight. Anybody ever said never? You know it's really sad when you never has become your lifestyle. When things you say that you would never do now define you. I would never be that girl or that guy. And then you ended up beating that girl and that guy. How you doing? I'm coming for you. And what happens is that because we're trying to live our life with Christ, with the things that are not of Christ, we begin to have this imbalance in our life. And it brings you to a very rocky road, Pastor Henry, where now they have to really choose once and for all. Whereas before, you could have taken one thing a week and just beat it in your spirit. You could have taken that issue that you have because you know you want to serve God, just don't know how to get to that point where you can truly give God your all. But now you're at the point where you've got to deal and you've got to, you've got to really, really with all your heart, Choose now, you're going to serve God or not. How's that weight? Heavy, he says. I like the fact that he's honest. Some of y'all guys would have been like, I'm fine, Pastor. When you can get to the point where you're tired of the weight in your life, don't throw it off yet. You got a long way to go. When you're tired of the weight in your life, you will reach a point where God is able to take some things out of your life. Because when you truly get tired of things, what do you do? Everybody's done this. Ever cleaned something in your room, your car, your house? He said, why is this hair? Every 
real Puerto Rican. Can I talk to the Hispanic people real quickly? Every real Hispanic in this place has a junk drawer in your kitchen. <laughs> that you open that drawer up, and it's usually next to your knife drawer. I know it has been in my house. And you got this drawer that got your bills, your tape, your glue, your duct tape, earrings, old cell phones, film, nail files, got toenails in there, they got the antibacterial wipes, and it's got everything. Somebody shot everything. everything. Somebody get ghetto and say, hey, thing. It got everything in there. And you're sitting this thing, why? I heard this, that thing move. Don't be messing with the backpack too much. And you get that sour look off your face, woman. And you're wondering, why has this been here for so long? And you, gotta, you sit there, you're like, you know, I got to do what the Bible says and run with patience. You see, that word patience almost makes you think you got to wait. But the word patience does not equal waiting. Can I enlighten you today? Understand that this word patience in the Bible is like a catalyst. In case you don't know what a catalyst is, in your car's engine, if you're good enough to have a car, God's blessed you, that you have a spark plug that sparks and the fumes from the gas, correct me if I'm wrong, my certified mechanic, uh, it ignites in the engine and it kicks the, the pistons and, and your car runs. Without that spark plug, somebody shout spark plug, you ain't going nowhere. You ain't lying. Somebody tell you, you ain't lying. You've got to run with patience. Patience or the quality of being patient is bearing provocation, meaning you're being provoked and you can take it. Somebody say, I can take it. You can bear annoyance or misfortune, pain, without, without complaining. You lose your temper or irritation. Or you have that bearing or that ability not to lose your temper, not to lose your cool. If you can go through things and not complain, if you can have somebody annoy you to death and not lose your cool and cuss them out, if you are never irritated or provoked, then you are a patient person. It's an ability or a willingness to suppress restlessness. In your life. That's how the dictionary defines it. An ability. You're hearing that? To suppress, to subdue. Restlessness. Tell somebody he's almost done. Patience is not twiddling my thumbs. Waiting for God. But patience is a mental powerhouse. That enables you to maintain a clear head. In the midst of a storm. Even in the midst of tedious. And complex and stressful situations. Patience goes a long way. James chapter 1 verse 2 and 4 says, my brethren counts it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith works your patience, but let patience have her perfect work in your life. Let patience perfect the work in your life. Patience is what will get you to the next level. Patience in your life will give birth to something that is extraordinary. You hearing me? 
And it says, and your patience will abound and make it that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of Jesus. So when you have patience in God or when you're being patient with the Lord, it does not mean you're waiting and doing nothing. It means your lifestyle is living right. You've cast aside these weights. You're running this race. And now you're a fruitful Christian because patience keeps you from being unfruitful. So the opposite and abstract of unfruitful is to be fruitful. If I could put it to you like this, like I've been telling you for some time now, that patience helps you from being an uneffective Christian. So patience makes you effective as a person. Patience makes you powerful. Somebody say powerful. I want to be powerful. Somebody say powerful. Could you, um, could you just put the, um, just like a one or a two? Just help yourself. I don't want you to get two. I don't want your muscles to tighten up. Just, um. There you go. All right. Somebody say amen. Second Peter chapter, five, chapter 1, verses 5 through 8. It says, And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. Your virtue will give you knowledge, and your knowledge gives you temperance. Temperance gives you patience, and patience leads to godliness. Man, this word patience is kind of serious. If you notice throughout this entire preaching, I've been waiting a little longer in between all my words to exercise your patience. Some of you might say, I hope he hurry up and finishes. But today, I'm going to test your patience. Because if my patience, I understand that patience is tried. My faith tries my patience, and my patience leads to godliness. And then my godliness leads to brotherly kindness, meaning I'm nice to the people around me even when they upset me because patience gives you that. And then patience, in turn, gives you brotherly kindness and charity. Somebody shout charity. And charity is what we need in the body of Christ. Hebrews 10.36 says, For you have need of patience, that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. And you might be saying, Pastor, what are you getting at? That little by little, in your walk with Christ, I'm just going to unzip you here. No homo. Yep, I said it. If I can get, oh, I got the wrong one. There we go. That after a while, excuse me here, buddy. Patience, and you're running, and you're saying, you know, last couple weeks I was just hold this for me just hold that yeah last couple weeks I've been I've been really trying anybody ever tried really hard and just doesn't seem to work I love this beeping noise today and then what happens is at some point you really get sick and tired of things and you let some weights go And now you have both your hands to keep your balance. Because you got to understand that slow and steady really wins the race. This is not a sprint. This is a marathon you're running called life. And life will find a thousand and one ways to weigh you down. And then you say, you know what? If I stop smoking cigarettes... <clears throat> or crack, whatever you're doing, I'm just saying. 
that I'll be able to go to the gym and be on that treadmill longer. He doesn't smoke crack or cigarettes. That was just a, okay, I want to make sure that's, yeah. <laughs> and so I'm going to take that weight and I'm going to throw it aside. And as his load becomes lighter, he can keep a steadier pace. It's working for you. You got to understand that when you decide to let go of the anger you have towards your mother or your father, when you decide to let go of the, how upset you are at your sisters or your brothers, when you realize that there's nothing you can do to change the past, you following me? There's nothing you can do to change how they raised you or how they treated you as they raised you. When you come to that realization, you'll be able to say, God, I need your help to deal with these people. Because up until then, because you go to church, you think you're right. And because you've been in church longer, you think you can talk to your parents or your kids or some type of way, when in reality, we should be showing them the best way, which is love. And we take that way and we say, God, I'm depending on you, God, because I need you to help me through this situation. Are you following my point today? And you have these weights and you say, God, I really, really, really got to let go of this pornography addiction. This addiction to sexual thoughts. This sexual promiscuity that I have and this thing that I've been doing that has not allowed me to serve God. And after every time I sin, I feel horrible. It felt good while it lasted. But in reality, afterwards, the effects it's had on my body and my spirit have put me in a place where I'm hurting. And you say, God, I really want to let this go. And we cast that weight aside. He said that you lay aside every weight, not just some of them, but every single weight that would dare hold you, that would dare stop you from serving God. What else we got in here? We just got one more. Oh, this is a big one, brother. This is a 15-pounder. How many of you got some big sins in your life? Big sins. Somebody say big. Now say it like I said it, big. Some, you know what this is? Can I tell you what this is? This is your mouth. The smallest thing in your body, the tongue. That you can't sit and stop cussing. Maybe you stop cussing, but you're still cussing people out in your head. Or maybe you stop, you know, but your opinion about everybody. We were talking about opinions this morning. That your opinion about everybody is just totally twisted. That you are now looking at here and you're talking about gossiping. This is your tongue right here. Somebody say, that's my tongue. The tongue is the hardest thing in the body to control. I like the way the apostle put it, pastor. A tongue is like the rudder of a ship. It's one of the smallest pieces, but it directs the entire place the ship is going. A ship can be a thousand feet long, but that rudder is about two feet big. But that little rudder, it tells that ship exactly where it's going, left or right. Or it'll make it do a circle. That's how your tongue is in your life, that you're running around in circles, not going nowhere because you can't control the way you talk. And you're saying, God, I don't understand, God. I've been going to church. You got to let that weight go. When you let weights go in your life, you feel better? 
you know? You feel a lot better? A lot better. You could take on the world, right? And then we said, he said, no, you can take this off from me. I want you to have full dexterity this morning. And then we said, you know what? I'm feeling good. Somebody say, I'm feeling good. I like the way Jim Carrey said it in Bruce Almighty. I'm good. All right, brother. And we said, you know what? I got this. You better hang on, brother. And he says, I got this. I'm going to do this. And man, oh, man, I'm going to completely, I'm going to run this race. Somebody say, I'm going to win. Somebody say, I got this. I got this. And then we burn ourselves out. We said, I can't do this, Tom. I saw you going back. I got you, man. And we said, I can't do this because that's not God's will for your life. God don't want you to burn yourself out. You got to come to church and just, I'm going to keep you at a brisk pace, my friend. This is what God wants from you. You see, in Greek, that word run, it talks about a race. What do you do in a race? You run. What it really means is to stay the course. It means to be steady, to keep a pace that you can win at. You could probably be at that pace all day, right? You could be at this pace all day and just walk around the mall with power walking. Could you power walk first? Could you move your arms? Power walk. Woo! Burn those calories, baby. Somebody tell him, you better work that. He's power walking like if he's on an elliptical. And he's just, yeah, I can do this all day. Why? Because that's how God wants you to be in life. He wants you to have that point where you can just say, I'm running this race. Why? Because I can make it. And although you may think I'm walking and some people may pass you by, but when, you, when they're on the side of the road broke down and you, you're sitting there saying, I'm still going. I'm still making it. Because you know how some Christians are. They want to make you feel like you're not good enough and you're not holy enough. You haven't grown in Christ enough. But the truth of the matter is this. You're going to outrun them in a couple of years. Because they want to act holier than thou. But the fact of the matter is they got some weight in their life. But you're sitting there weight free. Letting God operate through your life. Somebody say he's going to operate. Proverbs 18 verse 10 says this. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. And the righteous run to it. And they are safe. Stand with me. You can keep walking, please. You can pick these up for me, please. The name of the Lord is a strong tower that you would run to it. You would keep that steady pace. Somebody say, keep it steady. That you would keep a steady pace. That you would say to yourself, I can do this pace. Pastor, I can't run because I know I'll get tired and weak fast. And I understand that I've got some things in my life that are weighing me down. Are you with me this morning, this early afternoon? But you'd rather say, oh, good Lord, I'd rather walk this pace instead of burning myself out in Christianity. Reality has to set in to you people who've been here maybe just a few months. That there's things in your life you've got to let go of. Things you've got to stop doing. Ways you've got to stop talking. Issues you've got to let go of. So you can run a steady race in Christ. To those of you who've been here for a long time and you've been here for years or maybe a lifetime and you're still a tore up from the floor up looking a hot mess in Christ. Look like somebody beat you up with an unfaithful stick. 
God's been faithful to you every step of your life. And you've been just dropping stuff and putting on weights in your life like if there ain't no business in your life. And you're adding stuff to your life and you're adding and adding and adding when truth is that you need to let go of some things. Addition doesn't always mean increase is positive. Because you in math, you can increase in a negative factor or denominator. And the truth of the matter is you're, the sum of your numbers will be negative. If you added negative 16 to 8, you're going to have negative 8. You better believe it. You got to understand something. When you multiply against a, 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 a negative number and the other one's not negative, you have to understand you're going to end up with a negative number. It works for division. Your dividend will be negative and everything else. At some point, you've got to say, I've ran this race, I've kept the faith, and now I'm going to inherit the kingdom of heaven. Why? Because you laid aside every weight. You've laid aside every weight in your life. And you've laid it aside and not picked it back up. I lost my muff. That muff keeps falling off. I don't know about you, but I've got to get to that point in my life. You with me? That point where I'm just saying, God, I want to run this race. So in order to run this race, I've got to let go of some things. Come on, every head bowed, every eye closed. Come on, you're late. You can take your place in your drum pit. Thank you. Give it up for Reuben one more time, man. <clears throat> Every head body of your eye closed. I'm not going to embarrass you or call you out. I just want to ask you a simple question. Simple question. With every head body of your eye closed, we respect God and each other this morning. Do you have a weight in your life? If that's you, that you got a weight. Maybe you assuming you got a whole gym. Maybe you got a thousand pounds, it feels like. But if you got a weight, I want you to do something so simple. Lift both your hands up. Lift both your hands up as high as you humanly can possible. <clears throat> you're saying, Pastor, why do I got to lift my hands? Because you're saying, I'm surrendering this weight. Because I don't want to carry this weight, this burden of my finances. This burden in my life of just why things have gone the way they've gone or why things have happened the way they've happened. But this weight is just so heavy on me. This sickness in my body is just so heavy. And I don't want it. This hurt, this pain. This hurt, this pain in my life. You're saying, Pastor, I don't want it. And as you're lifting your hands right now, even your arms are getting heavy. Your spirit is like your arms sometimes heavy. You're saying, I don't want this. And I don't know how to let it go sometimes. But if you hold on to faith, if you hold on to faith, let me tell you something. Sooner or later, you catch your second wind. Sooner or later, your spirit will kick in. Because the truth is that only God can take this weight. Somebody tell God right now, take it. 
Come on, say it with authority. Take it. Tell them, I don't want it. I'm giving it to you right now. Father, we come before you this morning, God. A church with weights, God. God, like your word says, that I would lay aside every weight, every encompass, everything that would entangle and ensnare me. God, every thought pattern, every sin, every hurt, every sickness and infirmity, every financial burden, I'm giving it right now, God. Somebody shout it. I'm giving it. Because I don't want to have it no more. Come on, tell them, I want to be free. Now say it like you mean it. I want to be free. Come on, shout it at the top of your lungs. I want to be free, God. I don't want this anymore. Come on, God cries freedom from the throne. Freedom. Come on, he cries freedom. Somebody shout freedom. Somebody shout freedom. Come on, tell him, I want to be free. I want to be free. Because, God, I want to be free. freedom freedom is the end result of your life freedom is what God desires for you so you can run that steady pace in your life I want you to put your hands over your heart right now and I want you to say something silly I want you to say dear heart tell them dear heart and I say this with authority say I speak freedom into you Come on, shout it. I speak freedom into you. I rebuke every weight. I rebuke every sin. Every infirmity or sickness. In my spirit. And I command you out. Out. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Freedom. Freedom. Somebody shout freedom. Come on, put your hands together. Somebody shout freedom. Come on, are you free? Come on, tell somebody next to you, I'm free. Come on, shake somebody next to you, tell them I'm free. You can do this. You can make it. If you could realize how powerful you are in Christ, you would begin to realize that you are a threat to the enemy. Come on. ready are you ready to run this race without weights in your life to let go of those little things tell your neighbor I'm excited if I can have my praise and worship team we put that up today is our communion Sunday amen I'm excited of just what God is doing throughout the church I'm excited that some of you guys are even here this morning I'm excited for everything God's doing Elsie I'm excited see you smiled you know why because my excitement is infectious it's contagious Melvin I'm excited he smiles (laughs) Yvonne guess what I'm excited tell somebody next year I'm excited I'm going to tell you something. Just stop, 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 stop. I'm going to tell you something so crazy that you might not have known this morning. Yvette, you seem excited. 
something you might not know. Trisha, guess what? Today is the first day of the rest of your life. Every day you wake up is the first day of the rest of your life. But today's a new day. Today's a day of healing, a day of freedom. And when you walk outside, it's still going to be gloomy. But because of what Christ did on that cross, that sun is shining bright in my spirit. You got to believe that God has done some pretty amazing things to get you here. As Evelyn said, you are destined today to be here. Thank you so much for that word. Amen. You are at the hands of the ushers to receive communion. Everyone is welcome in my church to receive communion. Amen. Starting from the back forward. Come on, tell them I give myself. Come on, as you wait for your turn, just begin to worship him. I want to give myself away. I want to give myself away. Give myself away. Just so you. Come on, tell him I give. Give myself away. Oh, I give myself away. Just so you, so you give myself away. Come on, church, tell them right now, give. Give myself away. Just so you. Come on, tell them my life is not my own. Oh, my life is not my own.
bowed every eye closed in this place. Some of you might be saying, Pastor, why are we eating a cracker and drinking some juice? The word of God says that as Jesus was at the last supper with the apostles, that he said, do this in remembrance of me, of the sacrifice that I made on Calvary. He says that we do this in remembrance of him, of the sacrifice of which he did. Because without that Calvary, this would not be possible. This church would not be possible. So we eat this cracker, but it represents the body of Christ that was broken, that was beaten for your salvation. We do this in remembrance of him. And this juice represents the blood that was shed for the remission of sins that he did for you so you can be white as snow before him. Somebody say amen. Amen. Come on, we drink this in remembrance of Jesus. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for a time of worship in this place, for a time of communion, Father, For for a time, God, where we can set and liberate the captives, Father God. We thank you for the exceedingly abundant things that you shall do this this week, Father. For the miracles that will happen this week in our bodies and in our spirits, God. You will show through because that is what you do, God. And that you would give us strength and endurance to run this race, Father. Tell your neighbor, you have strength. You just got to believe it. Amen. Amen. Give it up for Sister Lori as she comes to give closing announcements.